What's going on, everybody? This is Jerome Moore, host and creator of Deep Disc Conversations. And firstly, I want to say thank you for all love and support, and thank you for exploring the perspectives of social change with me on this platform. I want to encourage you all to like, subscribe, and follow us on YouTube and on your favorite podcast listening platform, and make sure you give us a five-star rating if you're loving the Deep Disc Conversations. I appreciate all of the support again. I hope you all enjoy this episode. This is Deep Dish, right? Yeah, well, let's get deep. So, so I'm, I'm going deep on both sides. Danielle McGee, welcome to the platform. How you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you? You know, I'm out here. I'm a black man. You yeah. know, out here trying to do my thing. You know, and it's hot today. It is hot. <laughs> but you, but you looking good in that money green though, thank as I told you. you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I always like to start off, um, if I can and if it's appropriate, giving people their flowers. You know, a whole bouquet of them while they can still smell and while they're alive. So I definitely want to give you your flowers for just everything that you have done, doing, going to continue to do um, for black businesses here in Nashville, but also just the, the black businesses that you support outside of Nashville and possibly maybe outside of the country. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, thank you from I a black man to a black woman. It. I truly appreciate um, it. Thank you for bringing those talents from Chicago here to Nashville, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's been one of the best thing, moves I've ever made yeah. in my life. So I'm, I'm happy to. It's, it's definitely what my heart is. So uh, while I tell you I never get tired of being uh, here and thank you, I appreciate those flowers, but I, I always, I do what I love. So, you know, it's it's rewarding just being able to wake up every day and be able to do what I love and help people. It's truly a dream come true for me, so. Yeah, I, I believe it's truly brave for black folks to, to exist every day in their full black capacity. Mm. Because um, many of us don't, many of us mm -hmm. feel like we can't. Um, feel like there might be repercussions. A lot of it may be financial repercussions mm -hmm. um, in their workspace. Yeah. Um, and so, um, I'm glad that you're doing it and being an example on how to do that and still be able to thrive. Um, and yeah, just you know, again, just giving you a whole bouquet of flowers and I just appreciate yeah, it. Just, I appreciate it. Yeah, it, it, you're right. It is. It takes some bravery and mm -hmm. some courage to step out there, you know, and to to live and create the life that you want to live. To do it unapologetically. To uh, to do it in support of Black people. That is, it, it definitely, every day, you know, it takes courage, but, yeah. you know, I, again, I'm living my dream, so yeah. I'm going to keep showing up for myself and showing up for black people. So, um, for you, growing up in Chicago, um, take us through that journey of, a, you know, adolescent, going into adulthood and yeah, what would your closest friends say about you at that time? Mm. What would your what would your parents say about you <laughs> about Danielle back then and, and, and you know, what do those Chicago roots look like and how does that play out in some of your characteristics and personality traits? That's a great question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that. But um yeah, I feel like we I have fairly humble beginnings. Uh grew up with my mother in the household with me I knew my father. Um, they divorced when I was around five. My father then moved to Atlanta when I was around seven. Um, my father was a hustler, uh, 
actually, you know, like, so some people say that word and, it, and you know, it just means they're out here on the grind, like, oh, my father was really a hustler, and so, uh, but he, he worked corporate jobs, like, worked for Ernst & Young, but then also, like, hustled, you know, so um, my father, from a very young age, instilled in me, like, that you always need a side hustle, like, you mm. always need a way to make money. Right. Um, my mother always was just going to do whatever it took to make sure I was okay and had what I needed. My grandmother played a huge part in my life um, growing up. My grandmother was actually the president of a bank. Oh, wow. Um, so you don't hear that a lot, right? right? Like a black woman, the president of a black-owned bank on the west side of Chicago, so it's interesting because while me and my mother were experiencing, I was the only child, um, me and my mother were experiencing a lot of struggles. Um, and I feel like a lot of that was based on a lot of um, decisions that my mother made financially, just not necessarily being financially literate. Um, mm -hmm. So strange with her mother being you know, the president right. of a bank. But... Um, that, and found herself in situations where our lights were off, our gas was off, you know, and all of my friends growing up were experiencing a lot of the same things. Like we were all doing okay, you right. know, from the outside, we were, we were all doing all right, always right. able to eat, you know, but our lights might be off and it was not a big deal, you know, right. like we never thought about it as, as a big deal, you know, but a lot of that really set the stage for who I am today. We had um, some struggles, and but I always also had examples of what success could look like if you did the right things, if you went to school, if right. you, you know. So, looking at you know the three those three people, you know, I had my father over here that kind of worked the job a little bit, but hustled on the side. My right. mama who worked the job um, always full time. Um, my grandmother who was, you know, the president of a bank, very successful, drove a Cadillac, <laughs> had floor seats at the Bulls game, right? Like, so right. kind of strange, but um, as I've started to really kind of examine those three people, even in the last few months of my life, how they've played such a part in who I am today, mm -hmm. and I've taken a little bit of all those people, um, and and they really molded who the person I am today. So like my mm -hmm. mother, and being this very kind of stable person that. You know, she she gonna get a job. She gonna stay there. She you know she picks a few places she likes to travel. She gonna keep going there. My father is like, whatever I feel like doing today, that's what I'm gonna do. If I don't like doing it, I ain't gonna do it. I don't like the job. I ain't going back tomorrow. You know, <laughs> you know. So and I'm like a little bit of both. You right. know. I'm, so it it's just very interesting. But I've been so like I'm so much of the same person that I've been my whole life mm -hmm. and just very laid back in my demeanor, um, but at the same time, very much a hustler, you know, like a kind of like a quiet hustler. Like right. I'm like, I'm not, on, I'm not out there. I'm not loud about it. Right. Um, but I'm doing my thing, you right. know, behind the scenes. I have goals. I have certain things that I like and I'm going to spend my money on them. Yeah. It, right. 
But um, a friend of mine actually reached out last week as I'm planning my wedding, and she's like, well, I don't know what to get you. I haven't, you know, I feel like we haven't talked in a while, and this is, we've known each other since we were five years old. Um, and I'm like, I'm the same me. I'm still simple. I'm still, like, I'm doing well, but I'm right. still right. the same simple person. Right. So my whole life I've just been like, you know, I'm going to find a way to make it. I'm mm -hmm. going to find a way to make things happen. I'm going to find a way to help other people make things happen. But um, just in a very low-key way. <laughs> yeah. And so and so that, that gives me a couple questions. So one, I want to know, what was your first hustle? Whether that started as a mm -hmm. lemonade stand as a child or mm -hmm. selling Butterfingers and M&Ms. It was like, walking dogs. Walking dogs. Before walking dogs was a thing. Yes, yeah, a whole market. <laughs> so, now, right? Yeah, it was It was not a thing because that was 20-some uh, years ago. So Walking was, dogs. Yeah, when I was probably about 12 or 13, um, me and my friend Antonia, she has since passed away. Um, she, We grew up as the closest of friends she lived across the street from me and um so it's funny because we went to a magnet school and so and the school was miles away from our house and so i started in first grade she came in second grade to the school and just so happened we when we connected we lived across the street from each other and so we became the best of friends. And so, again, we were both of my mothers were out there just trying to get it and make things happen. Right. And we were both still, our families were still kind of struggling. And we were like, we got to make some money. And so we right. would just go around the neighborhood and ask people, could we walk their dogs for $5, you know? And so that was my, that my was very hustle. first uh, hustle. Uh, so the friend I just mentioned that reached out to me last week, we, who I've known since first grade, we all grew up together, all went to school together first through eighth grade or second through eighth. And, um, and so Antonia was the first person to start her business. Mm. She moved to Miami, went to school in Miami. I went to school in Ohio. She stayed in Miami after school and started, opened a boutique mm. in Miami. And that was kind of the catalyst for me to be like, I could open a business and, and then me and Talia both decided we were gonna open businesses and so it was like when we were uh, around I guess 25 when all three of us were like I had my spa Talia had her cleaning company and Tony right. had a boutique and it was just like crazy that we we would have kind of these group conversations that I still have saved and group me um, talking business like right. at 25 like bouncing business ideas off of each other yeah. and like you should try this and you should use this and i use this to build my website like yeah. so um it's just crazy how the the people who ha you have around you have such an impact on who you become as a person and as a, a business owner that um, matters yeah for sure early on in life yeah. and just throughout your journey it's so important to have the right business friends and so um, kind of want to fast forward a little bit because it's on my mind. It's on my heart. So I want to go ahead and bring it up. You, you mentioned something um, that really stuck with me just then as far as wanting to like shine a light on others, right? Mm -hmm. um, which is what, you know, Black Business Boom do. And then, you know, Black Owned Nashville, you're, you're not just saying, look at me, look at me, mm -hmm. look what I'm doing. No, you're like, no, I'm... I'm 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 projecting this light and want to put light on other black owned businesses 
um, that deserve it, mm-hmm. you know, need it and deserve it. That just doesn't. That just that just doesn't come from like anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's a personality trait and character mm-hmm. that everybody, whether you have a successful business, a, a okay business, a business failure, that just that just don't. Everybody just don't have that type of genetic trait. Mm-hmm. Where does that come from? To to say to to want to shine that light on others. Um, and do so in such like a humbling way, but also in a furious way. Like, hey, we we need you, black businesses. Mm-hmm. Come out here. I have a platform that I want to put you on. Where does that come from? A part of it is probably me wanting to be behind the scenes. You know, so it, I think part of it is just me not wanting to, to shine. <laughs> like, I really don't. You know, it's so funny because... I've gotten so much shine and well last, deserved too. You know, well deserved. And I'll be like, I didn't even ask for the, you know, right. like people out here trying to get on the news, trying to, and I'm right. like, yeah. these people just be calling me, you know. But, um, but no, I, I have always just had a heart for helping other people. So, so I was spa. talking about the spa, yeah. So when I opened the spa in uh, in 2012, it was hard. It, like it was difficult to get people through the door you know and I thought um because I had business degrees that I would be able to start a business and grow a business and it was just gone and it was so much that I didn't know and I found myself you know driving Uber driving Lyft I was determined to not go back to work like determined to to do this full time and wait you said this was 2012 this is 2012. Okay. We went through so much just to open. So it was back and forth. I think we finally opened August 2013. Uh, 2014 is when I was, was like, okay, the end of 2014, I finally went back to work. Um, but yeah, I was driving Uber, driving Lyft, cleaning houses, bartending, you know, like right, yeah. all those things. And I'm like, if I can help one person not right. go through all of the things that I went through, mm-hmm. you know, in those two years as I was trying to get that business off the ground, yeah, then it's worth it, you know, yeah. like that. And so I think that's what really drives me to want to help every day. If you can go back, right, what resources – do you wish was available to you mm-hmm. where you could have tapped into like and avoided potentially avoided some of those struggles and barriers that you had yeah there's a huge education gap um so it's like i said i, I have an mba and i uh, went to undergrad have a um, with concentrations in marketing and management. So I thought I knew business. and But what I know now is that going to business school was preparing me, was preparing me to run someone else's business, not mm-hmm. to run my own. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if I would have just been educated around all of the things that I needed, because it wasn't necessarily money. Like, I mean, more money is never... <laughs> you know, bad a bad thing, thing you, know. you know, like it always helps. Uh, but, you know, I had some money. We had a little money, um, but didn't necessarily even know all of the things. So I didn't know anything about bookkeeping, as, you know, for a small business and, you know, getting the EIN and setting up bookkeeping and reconciling books and 
like I didn't I didn't know all those things. I didn't I had gone to undergrad for marketing, but we were also at, you know, that point really starting to see social media pick up. Mm -hmm. And when I was in undergrad, you know, they were talking about billboards and radio and TV commercials, you know, when we talk about marketing, not necessarily online marketing. And even in when I did my MBA, I took some online marketing classes, but again, It's very different when you really are in the business. Um, And so um, the resources I needed are what I'm building. Mm -hmm. And so now with Black Business Boom, we teach business owners all of those foundational things about your business finances and even your personal finances and how they impact you getting the funding for your business and how to use marketing, you know, to grow your business, how to create a business plan, how to create a growth strategy. So I, I mean, I feel like if I would have had programs like what I've created, Mm -hmm. I would have been able to uh, be more successful earlier in business. Doing, doing those struggles um what did you find out about yourself right because you know they say it can make you or break you right um and failures either make you or break you Mm. and so what did you learn during that process and during that journey of you know falling down and Mm. having to get back up that nothing's gonna break me Mm. Uh, it's not in business not no money you know, like I'm gonna always find some money. Like right. that's what I learned is that I'm gonna always find some money. Like right. it, you know, um, the journey. It was very rough. Like I said, I was in a position where I was going and cleaning someone's house every day to make fifty dollars a day to be able to pay my mortgage. Um, I was bartending a few days a week. Mm-hmm. I was driving Uber and Lyft on the weekend. It right. was. But listen, I'm going to do what I got to do because I got bills to get, you know, and I still want to be able to live my life, you know, and do things. So I'm going to do what I have to do. And that's what what was revealed to me is that, you know, if I have something I'm trying to do, nothing's going to stop me from doing it. And I'm going to put my all in it and I'm going to make it happen. Everybody not built like that. So if if I'm a business I say, Danielle, you know, hey, I'm trying to, you know, I need my business booming, but I'm failing. And I don't know if I can get back up. Because, again, that's not in in everybody naturally a lot of times. And they might not have the support um, to give them a, you know, hold out a hand at least be able to so they can pull themselves up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you say to that client? What do you say to that community member? Um... That you can see it in their eyes, you know. Ah, you know they they on the verge of just giving up, you know. And it, and and fail it happens, and it's part of life. Uh, but it's your choice if you want to give them. Now, how do you prevent businesses and we talking about people from you know throwing in the towel? I'm gonna give you an answer that people probably won't like. Some people won't like. Entrepreneurs not a ship is not for everybody. Mm. You, it might not be for you, mm. and that's just being real, you know, because. It's there are a lot of ups and downs. It's right. it's not easy. It's never easy. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna be struggles. And if you don't have the mindset, mm-hmm. and if you don't have that resiliency, it may not be for you. Have you, you had know? to tell anybody that? Like ah, this might not be for you. 
I tell people all the time <laughs> um, because I'm not the person who you come to if you want to be coddled and babied mm. because that's that's just not my personality. Right. Um, I'm I am about giving you strategy if I if you are like I I want to make this work I want to do it the right way. Tell, give me advice. What can I do? And you gonna actually for real go do it? Mm -hmm. Then I will spend the time with you. You know, right. I, I don't like wasting my time with right. folks that you. I've had so many people come to me, ask me for advice, and then I'm like, okay, I check back in with them. Did you do such and such? They ain't do it. Don't come back to me. Don't come ask me nothing else right. because <laughs> I gave you the plan. Like right. I gave you free game. Like right. I didn't gave, gave you so tools. much. Free, yeah. I didn't gave away a lot of time, you know, and if you don't, I've had people not even show up for the calls. I didn't been like, hey, I'm, I'm going to do some free coaching calls. Mm. They don't even show up. If they show up, I give them, you know, go do this, go do these three things, book another call with me for free, you know, right. and they didn't do it. This may not be for you. This is why you're not being successful because you're not doing the things. Right. So you can't expect success to just find you. Right. Like most of us are not going to just post a video and it go viral and then all of a sudden our business blow up. Right. That's not realistic. Right. There, It is work that has mm -hmm. to be done. And there are days where every call you make, everything you post, every, everything is going to be a no. It's, nothing's going to hit. Right. And your feelings gonna be hurt. You gonna cry. You gonna wanna cry. You gonna vent. And then the next day, you gonna have to pick yourself up, and you gonna have to keep on moving. Mm -hmm. We've all had to do it. And if you can't find the way to do that, it may not be for you. Right. Or you may need to do some internal soul searching, or maybe you need to have some therapy to figure out why you're so willing to give up, right. you know, on something that you say you want, you know, because sometimes there's some trauma there. There's something going on internally that, that's making you you want to give up. It's not external, it's internal. So, yeah, but like I said, it, it's not for everybody, and it's not for the, uh, for the faint at heart. <laughs> um, that's a word. Uh, <laughs> um, you talk about your coaching. You talk about your free game. Um, the consultant, the advice that you give. Um, what is the best business advice um, that you received, or the one that kind of just just stuck with you the most? You know, it, it it might not even been something that made you the most money, but it was just mm -hmm. something that is a foundational pillar of like how you continue to do business today. Do the work. Do the work. That was, <laughs> that was do, the line. Do the work. Do the work. I mean, every coach I've ever worked do with, work. you know, do the work. You My, can't, you just got to do the work. You know, you was, can't um, just expect things to happen. You got to do the work. Mine was, uh, it always stuck to me, um, figure it out. Figure it out. We all got to figure, that was mine. Just one, yeah. figure it out. And, you know, I mean, if we get more technical in business, you know, really understanding your customer is mm -hmm. so important. Every coach I've ever worked with, that's the very first thing. Like, who is your customer? Right. Like, every VC, angel investor, coach, consultant, they want to know who's that customer. Right. Like, have you really nailed down who your customer is? Because if you don't really understand that ideal client, mm -hmm. you really can't. Go, you can't do nothing else. Right. You know, you can't sell to them. Right. You can't price right. You can't like you can't do anything. Right. So, um, 
that and that's where I start with, with everybody, you know. And if the answer is, is I'm trying to sell to everybody, we we starting from scratch, yeah. you know. <laughs> Which is okay. Not, Sometimes you yeah, gotta, you gotta like, start that's from the fine, up. you know. Yeah. But it's not everybody. You're a black woman, and um, we know historically and currently, you know, women in general, but even more specifically, black women. Uh, have have not been afforded the same opportunities in business, um, entrepreneurially, in corporate, in life mm-hmm. um, here in this country. Um, how has your journey been navigating being a woman and being more specifically, again, a black woman um, in business and in, in entrepreneurship and also running the business, also giving advice because we know that sometimes, you know, um, Women's voices um, are not heard in in many facets of life, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's uh, just from a man in general, because you are a woman, you know, some sex sexist stuff going on right there, or giving a, um, having a baby on the hospital bed. Mm-hmm. You know, black women voices tend to be ignored and neglected. Um, how have you been able to navigate those things um, and possibly share, you know, some stories to possibly help um our women listeners and viewers maybe figure out some things on how they can best navigate a situation that they may be in that's based off of their gender. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I focus so much on what I do get that I don't focus so, uh, a lot on what I don't get mm. and the opportunities that I haven't gotten. Mm. Um, I feel like more in my corporate career that was more of an issue okay um and not just being a woman but being black um being definitely overlooked for promotions and positions and knowing that you know my the position that brought me here to nashville my uh boss left the company he groomed me for his to take his position he recommended me on the way out the door groomed me trained me and they still gave it to, to a white woman, you know, mm-hmm. so, and there have been lots of those type of stories from okay. corporate okay. America that, that we've, um, that I've experienced. Right. Um, as a business person, there's so many no's that you get just period, right. you know, that right. I can't say which ones are because I'm a black woman um, right. or a woman in general. Um, I know that, you know, when we think about my story, I feel like it's, I've had so many opportunities that are not traditional, you know, and even right now we're running a program and we're talking about funding for your business. I've never gone out and really formally tried to raise money, but we know that there's definitely a gap when it comes to venture capital um, and funding for for black women specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've seen a lot of women struggle with with being able to get the money for their business. Now, the funny thing about it is that a lot of us don't even know that's an option. So when I start to talk to my students at Tennessee State or I start to talk to, um, you know, the people coming through any of the classes that I teach, and we start to talk about like VC uh, funding or angel funding, and they like what? Like they didn't even know that was a thing. And that was me six years ago. You know, I'm like somebody will cut me a check because I got an idea or yeah. I got a business that I. 
didn't even know it was possible, right? right. So I think the first thing is us really even knowing the possibilities. Mm. Uh, and it's important for uh, people who are in a position to, to educate us about the possibilities. Then it's important for us to position ourselves so that we are the investors, you know, right? right? Because this world, this country we live in, right. you know, it's going to always be a struggle. That gap is never going to close. I want to pivot to this because this, this, this question doesn't get asked enough to me. Mm-hmm. It's always like the latter part, like, hey, what struggles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what strengths, right, do you think uh, black women behold because they're a black woman in business. We gonna figure it out. Like you said, like, <laughs> that is our superpower. Yeah. You know, and that is why everybody comes to us when everything goes wrong and want us to fix it. Cause we gonna figure it out. And I wanna say this, because my, my my bestie sister, Mary Ashley, she broke this down to me. And I was I'm not a black woman, so I'm I'm just unaware, right? And she came to me, and, she, and she's like you. She's a hustler. She's doing this. She's doing that. And she told me, she's like, Jerome, you know, um, what I hate the most is when, you know, um, I'm working with somebody and they realize my talents. They always want me to be an administrative, like, secretary or, you know, mm-hmm. scheduler or something like this. And I, she, you know, purely believes it's just because of my sex because because I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. And so I just felt like it was important for me to call that out so people – can, can have that on their mind and reflect on if that's something that they do. Mm-hmm. But when you said figure it out, you know, fairly unfairly, I would say, you know, that we might have a thing of putting a lot of stuff yeah. on black women because we feel like y'all can handle it exactly. and everything. Exactly. It's unfortunate yeah. because we will fix it. You know, we will right. get it done. Right. But then we position ourselves for people to put everything on us right. to fix and get it done. And don't you get know? the credit. So it may not get the credit. The, and then, you know, we... I'll tell you, for me, I'm building the life that I want to live. Mm-hmm. I It's important to me to not have to do everything myself, right. right? And so as I this morning, I was getting dressed and I was thinking, man, I have an assistant that booked my lunch appointment today. You know, like, it, I was like, man, that feels good to be like, yeah. you know, I'm going to meet with a VP of a bank and for lunch today, and my assistant booked it. Like, man, like, this yeah. is the type of life I'm trying to live, you right. know, like, yeah. and I want black women to know that you can build the life that you want to live mm-hmm. as a business owner. You don't have to be crazy busy and tired and hustling all the time, mm-hmm. you know? And some my grandmother was always like, you know, you're going to grind in your 20s, you know, so that, and, and maybe your 30s so that you can really enjoy the fruits of your labor. So, and that's always stay with me. I'm like, so I grinded in my 20s. I was, like I said, I was running the business, bartending, doing, working a job, all of it. Even when I was working full time, I was leaving work going bartending or, right. you know, always had a yeah. hustle, always was hustling, stacking my money, doing all right. those things so that now I'm not in a position where it's like, oh God, where's the next dollar mm-hmm. coming from, right? Yeah. But there was strategy behind that. But we... 
we deserve things. We yeah. deserve luxury. We right. deserve rest, you know, right. and and it's important, even as business owners, as black and black men and women, we deserve all of those things. How can um black men and women um champion and support each other uh in business? Because um seems like it's there's a lot of energy out there to try to separate us. Um, socially, uh, black women go through this, black men go through that. Black women are making more money um, and come becoming breadwinners than black men. Black men have to step down and be, you know, lose their masculine. It's like a, it's a lot of conversation around just a black family household and just black mm-hmm. men and women. Um, that is just not a lot of good energy. And people so, need therapy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> people need therapy. But even from a business standpoint. Um, what is what are some of the things you've seen or some of the practices that you feel like we should practice in mm-hmm. order to support and champion and really be about uplifting one another if that's what we truly feel mm-hmm. we need to do and should do for the successful for all of us to be to be great and excellent yeah I think across the lines of age you know um, gender as black people it's time for us to just start to share. Um, I feel like we we are brilliant people, resourceful people. We know so much. We figure everything out, and then we keep it to ourselves, right? So we know how to do this thing, but then we're not going to share it with the black man. Trauma, you know, like, trauma. yeah, it's so, that's why I said therapy. <laughs> um, but, yeah. you know, so I think that, or you'll see, like, this group of black women, you know, are accountability partners or whatever, or this accountability group, and there's not any men. So we have to be like, how can we pull the black men, you know, over here. I think on the for black men, they have to be willing to understand they don't know everything and they uh, and be willing to accept the help of of black women. Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of cases, I feel like black men are like I'm, I got this, you know, I got it. I don't need, you know, right. need no help from from anybody. Not right. just woman, but for anybody. I right. I'm gonna work it out. So being in I feel like that's a lot of, you know, how they've been raised to figure it out as men, the pride and the ego, you know, and I'm like, we want to help and a lot, it's it's in us a lot of times to want to help as women and nurture and and provide and support, but, you know, many times we're, we're met with like, no, you know, I don't, I don't want it, I'm going to figure it out. So again, I I just think that we need some um, therapy, we need some healing but we need to also be more willing to share just freely. Mm-hmm. I I don't again, I freely give away my time, my energy and my knowledge because it ain't going it's not helping me like right. to to keep it to myself like right. it's you know, it is right. what it is. So I I think that it's just important that we start to break down those barriers. I think the social media plays a huge part in keeping us separated. Mm-hmm. All of this is by design. Right. You know, white people have um, caused this divide. Right. It's not like it just happened. Right. Like it, it was by design, right? <laughs> right. So we would ha- we have to make a decision as a community if that's what we want to happen. So. Yeah, that's what I feel like needs to happen is that we have to make that decision and we have to put the the action behind it. Okay. Speaking of white people, mm-hmm. speaking of just non-black people in general, um, 
you know, there was a so-called, you know, quotation marks in the air that I'm doing for people who can't see it. Um, awakening after the murder mm -hmm. of George Floyd. You know, a lot of, you know, non-black um, folks woke up and realized, like, oh, black people are being murdered and harmed, mm -hmm. which has been going on in existence since the existence of, you know, the founding, you know, mm -hmm. of this country. Um and so a lot of people, a lot of non-black people are trying to figure out how to be allies and really what that means. Um, and so I want to um, get your perspective on, from a, from a business angle, um, how can non-black folks be allies to black folks that are in business? Mm -hmm. um, sustainable allies consistent authentic allies is just not something that is just trendy for the moment so they can make sure they was on the right side of history at that particular time and then kind of go back to their regular scheduled programming yeah we've had lots of partners over the last couple of years some of them got it right some haven't um i will say that i mean the first thing that just the everyday person that can do is just support you know just show up find actively find black owned businesses and go and spend money. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of times there's this talk about capital and we need money. Um, most of the time we don't necessarily need a, a loan. We need folks to just come to our business and spend money. <laughs> like right. and the business would thrive and, and be good. Right. Um, but then there are cases where we do need funding. And so providing opportunities for us to get the funding we need. Understanding in providing opportunities to get funding, that there's also a gap in black business owners having the foundational things they need to go and apply for funding. So we've seen a lot of funding, right? So I we have partners that um, are lots of banks that we've partnered with over the last couple of years that are like, we got this money. And they come to us because they can't get people to apply for it, right? So we're trying to make them understand Cause they ain't filing no taxes, you know. Like we right. ain't, we don't know all the foundational things about running a business, right. so we haven't been doing those things. So no, I can't go to Citibank and apply for a loan, you know, like right. because I don't have no tax returns, you right. know. So it's really understand, truly caring about the needs um, of the community and taking the time to understand those needs and, and meet the, the people where they are mm -hmm. instead of guessing. I feel like there's been so many, um, companies that have decided, oh, I'm gonna try, let's try this. We think the black people will like this. Okay. Let's launch this. We think the black people, will like mm -hmm. we didn't ask for none of that. Like, right. you know, why don't you come to the black people and ask mm -hmm. us what we want? Or why don't you get behind organizations that are already supporting black businesses mm -hmm. and pour some money into that? You wow. know, I will say one of our corporate partners has gotten behind the work that we do in educating black business owners. They put their money where their mouth is and mm -hmm. they have um, not only poured in financially over the last year into uh, providing education for black business owners through Black Business Boom, but they're also like, what does it look like for us to continue to help grow Black Business Boom? Like, right. what do you all need? You know, so right. it's about finding and supporting these organizations, social enterprises, nonprofits, uh, for-profits that are already doing the work and mm -hmm. just getting behind them. If right. you wanna be an ally, 
you know, support the, the people who are already doing the work, right. you know, so that that's my biggest okay. um, tip I would, would give to folks that say that they, they want to be an ally from, especially from a corporate right. perspective, is right. getting behind the organizations that are doing the work. And right. if you're just an individual, go ahead and find the businesses and spend the money. And so I'm going to go a little deeper. I want you to take us inside those corporate meeting rooms, right? Mm-hmm. Take us Take us inside of kind of what is some some language that you're hearing where you know they just kind of missing they just they just they they really just dropping the ball and really missing the whole purpose of what they're trying to do <laughs> what they want to do but they just have no idea yeah i'll give you an example i won't call out the organization but <laughs> no, <laughs> so, no, no, no. um an organization built a platform to connect black owned businesses with banks for funding opportunities right so they uh, came to us and said can you help us reach some black owned businesses so i'm like yeah you know funding opportunities we can help you um tell me more about the loans that you're offering we're offering loans of a hundred thousand dollars to two million it's not very many black businesses out here that are going to need a hundred thousand to two million right. in funding. Like you really are almost looking for unicorns out here. Right. You know, they now had you thought about you know who might need ten thousand, twenty thousand, a fifty thousand dollar line of credit, then maybe people would be going to this website a little bit more, you right. know, but yeah. they complete, they spent probably hundreds of thousands of dollars building this platform to connect black businesses to these banks. And it, it felt, it didn't feel thoughtful to, to me for mm-hmm. you to have the minimum loan amount be a hundred thousand right. dollars, you know? So Again, I felt like, you know, there was some thought behind it, like, oh, we got to do something to help good black owned. Yeah, the intentions yeah, were, yeah. were were good, you know, maybe. Because <laughs> some of it is performative, you know. Right, so, right, right. But, and they got to spend this money, and there's right. probably a write-off involved because it's probably under their foundation, yeah. you know. But realistically, did you even ask what the you know mm-hmm. what the average loan amount is right. for a black business owner? Did you do any research mm-hmm. around what black business owners are borrowing and what right. the typical loan amount is that they would need for a small black owned business? Right. So again, a lot of it is performative, and it's not it's done with what seems to be good intentions, mm-hmm. but it, they're not doing their research. What role? does and can um, having more Black-owned businesses and Black people being able to create more businesses have in combating white supremacy, racism, discrimination, anti-Blackness that has existed here? Mm -hmm. It helps close the wealth gap. I Mm -hmm. mean, that's what we're aiming to do. You know, entrepreneurship is one of the keys to closing the, the wealth gap here in the United States. Now, I mean, is that going to eliminate racist? Mm-hmm. No. But it's going to help us um, as a community to be able to buy real estate, you know, to be able to build wealth for generations. And create our jobs. To cre- exactly, to create jobs in our communities, right. to be able to hire people who look like us, mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, keep 
people out of prison because right. they're able to, to get jobs, to be able to hire folks that um, that have records, you know, <laughs> like, right. so it, it's really just about closing that, that wealth gap, being able to, um, to, to write our own ticket, to create mm-hmm. our own lane, to not even have to go and deal with them at these corporate jobs and a lot of, you know, a lot right. of cases. So, and, you know, there's a huge gap in how many black, uh, firms are actually employer firms. We're not high. We, most of our, uh, our, companies are solopreneurs. We're not hiring others. We need to be, we need that influx of support and capital to be able to grow our businesses so that we are able to hire. Um, Very important when it comes to closing that that wealth gap. And again, it it feels like every time we start to get close, they start to move the goalposts. And that's, that's, uh, so frustrating to me because even with like real estate, we know that real estate is one of the keys to building wealth in, in this country. And now it's like, okay, well, let's uh, price them all out, the market, you know, right. <laughs> let's raise yeah. the price on all the houses right. and let's raise the interest rates, you know, right. like because now we're seeing this boom of black people buying houses and now they didn't move the goalposts yeah. and made it harder for us in different ways. But yeah. I could go on about that all day. No, no, thanks for sharing that. And, um, I, I like I'm, I'm always thinking about like black economic power, right? Mm-hmm. And what that means, and and what does it mean to have like businesses and then essential businesses mm-hmm. that create other jobs, so mm-hmm. people can be their full, complete self as a black person mm-hmm. and not have to worry about microaggressions or not have to worry about um, conforming, mm-hmm. uh, assimilating, mm-hmm. right? Um, which you know. Many of us feel we have to do in order mm-hmm. to retain the job that we're at. Mm-hmm. And so I want to say this, that if you are a um, white or non-black um, organization, company, corporation, uh, reflect on that and reflect on are you creating a space mm-hmm. where specifically black folks can be them complete sales absolutely right and, and, that's, and keep I mean, that in mind it's one of the reasons why you're seeing such the such a boom in black women specifically starting businesses while we are starting businesses at a higher rate than any other group in the country because we are tired mm-hmm. of going to work and somebody touching our hair or saying something slick or you know mm-hmm. like we literally are just tired of it All and right. we're trying to protect ourselves protect our mental health um, and we're yeah. like, I'm gonna have to build a business because I can't keep going to this yeah. job. You know, yeah. it, it's uncomfortable. I left my job in 2020, um, and I had a good paying job. You know, mm-hmm. and I was I was doing both, and they learned about my business because I was like I said I was on the news and getting a lot of shine, and and then the microaggressions got strong at work. It got like it got real wow. nitpicky and things got wow. and I know I was doing my job, you right. know, and I was like You ain't hating, you ain't popping. You ain't got no haters, you ain't yeah. popping. <laughs> and I was like, saying? Yeah, they started it just really it got mm. very uncomfortable. And I had planned to just at least stay for another six to twelve months. And then after George Floyd was murdered Brianna Taylor was killed, and um, the company was based in in Louisville. The CEO put out a statement and kind of was like, "Hey, check on your black coworkers. You know, check on your black 
uh, people on your team, mm -hmm. nobody checked on me. Mm. Um, everybody on my team that was based out of Knoxville, I was the only black person. Um, and nobody, my boss never was like, you okay? I had been mm. out and I had been uh, protesting all weekend. Like, oh, I was in these streets protesting yeah. and um, got to work Monday and they were like, yeah, you know, let's share some great news. We know it's a lot going on right now, but like everybody share some, that's how they kicked the meeting off, <laughs> team meeting on Monday. Mm. Let's share some, let's not harp on the bad news. Let's share some great mm. news. Mm. And I was like, nah, I'm out of here. Like, I, it expedited because I was so stressed out, you know, just in how they mm. responded to that situation and the fact that that they did nobody checked on me. Mm. I even, that day after that call, I text my boss and I said, I'm going to take, uh, I'm not feeling well, I'm going to take a mental health day. And she said, okay. And that was her response. And it was not like, you okay? You need right. anything? I hope you feel better. Right. Her response was, okay. And I was like, yeah, I'm putting that notice in. <laughs> so, well, uh, yeah. That, so, that, that, that privilege is a hell of a blinder. It uh, is. It's a, hell of a, it's a hell of a blinder. But, you know, it's just, yeah. <laughs> but, it, you know, and again, it put me in a position where I was like, this business got to make it. Like, right. it ain't got a choice. Like, right. I, you, you know, like, exactly. It got to boom because, <laughs> you know, I can't go back. Like, right. at this point, I can't go back. You right. know, I got to figure this out. All so. right. Um, let's talk about booming then. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about black business booming, uh, black owned Nashville. And um, I, and I, I want to I wanna say this. I had this written down that, you know, um, you're a black business uh, advocate and uh, activists, mm -hmm. um, which was like it, when when I was thinking about that, I'm like, oh, that, that's true. That's, I ain't never heard it worded that way. So I like that. And I want to put that out there <laughs> so people can use it. <laughs> but um, talk us through um, kind of where you really is like, okay, I want to put this black business boom together. And... And did the, and did that happen here in Nashville? Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so, yeah. yeah. Um, so the story, I'll tell it real quick. So when I moved here, I was taking a break from entrepreneurship, but I learned about a program uh, called the Academy through Corner to Corner. Shout out to Will. Yeah, Will A. Cuff and then Shana. Shana, shout out, yeah, yeah. Shout, shout so out to all of them. Learned about the program, and um, I decided to go through it. I was working on a whole different business. I decided I also wanted to be a facilitator because I loved the program. Um, and it just kept hearing the same issue, like I can't get support for my business. How do I market it? How do I get more people to learn about it? And I started to just like learn digital marketing and all these things. So, But I went home that night and I said, I got to figure this out. I got to create a solution. And I decided I was going to start the Groupon for Black-owned businesses. And uh, that was because Groupon really helped me with my spot. It helped me get people through the door. And so um, I started to build it. And we launched Black Business Boom as the Groupon for Black-owned businesses in October 2018. By January, we had 400 Black-owned businesses offering coupons on the platform. I think we had got wow. up to about... 20,000 followers on Instagram. People, It was what people wanted right. um, and, needed. And, and needed. Yeah, yeah. and 
Um, but then I started to realize like there was a gap. A lot of these folks we were trying to onboard didn't have websites. We couldn't Google them. We couldn't find them. You know, they were telling us to tell people to DM them to place their orders. So we started, we found ourselves educating folks around digital marketing, how to use email marketing, how to get a website set up. Um, and uh, long story short, pandemic hit, it became even more of a need for you to be online. Right. Um, and we know, you know, a large amount of black owned businesses closed within those first three months of the pandemic. Um, we were able to work with Nashville Business Incubation Center to run our first boom uh, and you cohort uh, in August, I believe we launched of 2020. Um, and since then, we've just fully transitioned to offering education for black owned businesses. Mm. So um, we offer free webinars as well as training cohorts to support the growth of black owned businesses, mm -hmm. both not in digital marketing, business planning, business growth, as well as accounting and finance. Um, so it's, yeah, been, and then 20, talk your talk, talk that talk. <laughs> yeah, it's been, uh, just kind of a seamless transition. Yeah. Um, and then 2020, of course, everybody was like, I want to support black owned businesses after George Floyd. Yeah. Everybody was like, gotta support. And I was seeing all these lists floating around that people created. And I was like, I got a list. I got 500 business owners on a, in Nashville on a list that I had already created right. um, using my Facebook group. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, I'm going to just launch a directory real quick. you know. Yeah. And so uh, we launched a directory with 540 businesses in 2020. Um, we have now have about 1,700 black-owned businesses on black-owned Nashville. And, again, that was just kind of like people want a directory. Wow. They want to be able to find black-owned businesses. Shout out to Nashville, man. Shout, yeah. out, shout out to Nashville. Shout out to the black businesses. And shout out to you. Thank you. For creating a space for people to for people's businesses to exist in and be and be seen and heard mm -hmm. again flowers are being I, given i appreciate a whole it. bouquet of them yeah i mean i want to i also it, i think it's important as a business owner you give the the people what they want and yeah. so again people wanted to um to find black owned businesses and i'm like i gotta give them away mm -hmm. you know if they it, it didn't exist i'm gonna build it you now, know now you you just made a great segue. Give people what they want. Historically, <laughs> when black folks uh, start thriving and getting what they want, getting what they deserve, getting what they need, um, and there's some equity being you know thrown around in there, uh, tend to get a little pushback. It tends to be like oh, it tends to be looked at as threatful. Black excellence is threatful. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put that out there. That's need to be a T-shirt. Black excellence is threatful to many folks and many people in general in this country, um, historically and currently. Um, were there any pushback um, on your end that you received in any kind of subtle or direct ways um, that, you know, why it got to be black business boom? Why come it just can't be business boom? Why it just got to be for oh, black folks? yeah, I um, get it all the time. Talk to us about um, that. How, what, what does that sound like, look like, it's and how do you navigate it, that? You know, you get it externally. So, you know, you run some Facebook ads, you know, you post some stuff, you know, 
definitely get it there. No matter how much you try to target your ads to the to black folks, there are gonna be some others that are gonna creep in and you know, <laughs> always, you know, anytime I'm on the news and that gets pushed to social media, there's always um, you know, negative stuff. You ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm used to it. It's to be expected, especially in Tennessee. Um, The interesting thing is also the people who I consider, who I have met with um, or had meetings with from a business perspective, um, you know, advisor programs that I've been in, mentorship programs where... I've sat down with somebody and, and they've been like, you should just call it boom or you should just call it business boom. You should mm. just, you're limiting your audience. You're limiting your customers. You should. So I've gotten, you know, that as well. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm staying true to my mission now. Um, and being transparent, I feel like there are other minority groups that need help, you know, mm. and we have, we, are a training solution for organizations that support the growth of small businesses. So we work with CDFI, Small Business Development Centers, Chambers of Commerce um, across the country. And so many of them don't only support Black-owned businesses. They may support veterans. They may support women. They may support all minority-owned businesses. Um, They find us as Black Business Boom. And so they understand that that you know that's that target. that's who that's, we that's, yeah that's, and yeah, they that's... but they will be like you know we do we have a lot of black women in our program but there may be some other women that and so we do have our uh, booming university brand that if that is, if we have a partner that has a concern like that mm-hmm. then we'll do it under our booming university brand okay. you know because it it's business you know right. but, yeah, exactly. um and we don't we're not gonna turn down the contract right. you know but. Um, but we are very clear in that our our goal and our target is small black owned businesses. But again, we I understand that there are women out there that need us. There are veterans that need us. There are people with disabilities mm-hmm. that need us. And so it's finding that balance between like I'm not gonna take nothing from a black business to give right. it to to somebody else, but right. um, again, in working with uh, some of our partners, we don't have a choice. Right. Um, Nashville is growing expeditiously, exp- every day, mm-hmm. all day. Hundred people moving here a day. It's crazy. Um, how does having more black businesses? help create a better Nashville as well? That's a good question. Um, You know, I think that there's such an opportunity here in Nashville, you know, as the city is growing and there is this goal of being this model city in the U.S. and you can't have a model city if there's not equity. And um, so having black businesses thrive in Nashville is is key to building a more diverse city mm-hmm. because if you want people coming here you can't just want white people like right. you can't just like you know if you want these large corporations <laughs> coming here and bringing jobs here you can't just want them to bring white people to work here you know so you have to make a city that's comfortable for everybody mm-hmm. um and you know coming from Chicago I didn't have to look for 
Black-owned businesses. Now I gotta look for black-owned business. Like I have to. I came here and was like, I don't know how to find them. Where are they? Where's the black neighborhood? Where are the black people? Where's the black business? Um, and so you don't want people coming from cities like Chicago, New York, L.A. You know, and feeling like I can't identify with the city, you know, because it's so white, you know, <laughs> and so, and black businesses are an important part of the black community. So Nashville needs black businesses to make people, not even just black people, you know, Hispanic people, um, Asian people, everybody feel like this is a diverse place where people who, from different backgrounds can thrive. When I when I was thinking about that question, right, and I'm you know being a Nashville native, and I was thinking about mm -hmm. just growing up here in North Nashville, you know, and you were surrounded by blackness, right? Because mm -hmm. I always like to tell people, like Nashville is a black city. Everything rooted, all the great, the excellence mm -hmm. is, is is black. But you know, you, if you look at like the the people, the bodies, you know, it's white. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a super majority white city. Yeah. But um, but like more people have to recognize and understand um you know that the more diversity but also the more black businesses that we have it's just going to make our city even better and that's mm -hmm. why i really appreciate a corner to corner mm -hmm. a black business boom yeah um because you all champion that all day directly there ain't no hidden message it ain't mm -mm, no mm -mm. it's is direct yeah we here yeah, to support we, and help black yeah, businesses thrive exactly and i'm gonna and, beat around the yeah no no and i love that and um and 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 allies you know um mm -hmm. champion that too um mm -hmm. champion that too and if it's uncomfortable for you welcome yeah. <laughs> to the black experience well, you um, know growth is uncomfortable yeah 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 so for us to grow as a city as a country right you know it's gonna be uncomfortable right um i want to give you an opportunity to share anything that's coming up coming up next uh yeah. whether it's with black business boom black owned nashville um boom university you know just all those things just would you would, tell us some top secret stuff you know yeah, um, we have a lot of stuff coming up here in Nashville. So uh, we're in the planning stages of a lot. We've partnered with Corner to Corner on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, so our, one of them is the small, Nashville Small Business Recovery Fund. So the Corner to Corner is one of the nonprofits that the city chose to be a, part, a participant. And we're a subcontractor um, helping them with that. So, uh, we're out here just making sure that, uh, minority owned businesses, black businesses know about the fund that there are 9 million in grants that are available that and 9 million in loans that are available right now. But also under that program, we've received funding to run programs for black owned businesses. So we'll be running programs under that program, um, under that fund through, March 2023. Okay. Um, so we'll be rolling out those programs. If you go to blackbusinessboom.com, you'll um, you can keep up with what's going on there. There's actually a Nashville um, tab uh, on the page under our programming tab. Um, also, we um, have some MDHA funding, so we'll be partnering with MDHA and okay. rolling out some programming. Um, that'll be offered for folks that are either in MDHA housing here in Nashville 
or under the the income threshold. So also offering free programming to teach uh, business owners or teach you how to start and run a business and grow a business. So those are uh, the two big things. We also have one of our corporate partners. We're in a pilot program. We're running a pilot program uh, with them right now. It's called Boom Into the Bank. It's teaching black business owners how to become bankable, how to become fundable, um, how to get all those foundational things in place that you need to be able to go to a bank and get the funding that you need. So um, the, the um, pilot is in process right now in partnership with Corner to Corner as well. And after that goes well, which it will, we'll have uh, about 70 slots open through the end of the year for business owners to join that program for free as oh, well. Wow. Um, so a lot of free Amazing. programming yeah. coming up over the next nine months. Uh, we're also building our online community off of Facebook right now, specifically for black business owners. So um, there'll be more to come on that. I think it's live on the website, though, right now, if you go to blackbusinessboom.com. So what's for you? Um, what's the what's the end goal? Like, what's the legacy you want to leave like? Um, our goal, our mission is to support 100,000 black-owned businesses over the next five years. Okay. Um, and then I plan to sell the company and retire. <laughs> so that is that is both the, um, the business and professional goals, okay. to serve and support 100,000 black-owned businesses in five years, and then I'm retiring. You'll do it. You'll yeah, make it happen. And then I'm, I'll probably just teach at that point, <laughs> you know, teach some classes that'll be about it for me well danielle i really appreciated this you know and i hope you yeah. appreciate this conversation it was great um and i always like to like leave the let the guests have the last word you know whether that's a, a message to to nashville people all across the country mm -hmm. uh black folks yellow folks green folks white folks whatever you however you want to address mm -hmm. the viewers and the listeners but i want to leave that space open for you to just you know leave leave us with some some parting that we can um have on our mental um and, and mentally digest it and, and leave with i'm gonna keep it very 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 simple black businesses need you go support black owned businesses danielle mcgee I appreciate your time and uh, look forward to having you back. All right. This All was right. wonderful. Thank uh, you no, so thank much. Thank you. Thank you.